I think the easiest trait is uh, not a crisp answer. Like when you typically ask a simple question uh, and you get a complex answer, I feel like that's uh, just the starting ground of a founder who doesn't know what he's doing. Like great founders uh, typically respond very short, clear to the point, and answers that just give you clarity of thought in not just typically the question, but even maybe around it. So you don't you have better follow-on questions. uh typically average founders will take you for a ride in a conversation but they will not answer what you really asked in the first place so this was a special one we had apaksh gupta of one impression one impression is helping over 250 enterprises and fast growing startups drive influencer led campaigns apaksh is also a prolific angel investor he's done about 60 plus investments so far In this pod, we covered areas like what drove him into angel investing, what's his investing process like, what was his first angel investment, how does he evaluate founders, stories behind, few of his big wins and few misses. We also got to know him outside of work. If money and attention are not needed anymore, what would he work on? What's his relationship with money, and who is he outside of work? I had a lot of fun doing this. I learned a lot, uh, and I'm hoping that you guys will also get to learn a lot from this conversation. All right, my man, I am super excited to have Apaksh Gupta on 1947 Operators Podcast. Apaksh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shiva. Thank you so much for having me today. Super, super excited to doing this one. No, you as well. I think you're one of the. uh fittest looking guys i know in the vc space so kudos to you dang dang <laughs> cool <laughs> we'll get going uh let's start by you telling us what drew you into angel investing uh what was your first angel investment ah uh, okay that's uh that's a interesting question so uh I actually got uh, into angel investing because of a very dear friend of mine. Uh, his name is Venus. He runs a company called Happy High. Uh, he ha- he was one of the earliest angel investors in my company, but also a very dear friend. Uh, I think because we were growing so significantly in the creator economy, he could see a lot of synergy for me to invest and bring that knowledge to a few companies. So he started sort of. pulling me into it a little bit i think uh, given that we were a profitable company and had a decent uh, corpus of our own we thought maybe we should do it so i think there was a lot of hesitancy in the early days like i i didn't think so uh, because we had literally earned our money from profits and no other way uh, there was a lot of uh, thought into should we be writing checks like this or not so the first check was like a really small one it was like a lakh rupee uh, in a company called gyanistan uh, it's 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 really like it's been a while i we actually exited the company maybe with a 3x but we never really ex- expected a check back from the company back in the day because we were really trying to just enter and take early baby steps into the world of angel investing but i think post the first 3 4 5 investments the number very quickly grew from like a lakh rupee to a 10 lakh rupee uh, but yeah i think uh, That was the first check. This was during COVID. This was uh, 2020 that when I did my first check. Got it. And fast forward to today in 2023. Uh, I think you've done over 60 plus investments. And Apaksh, what's your investing process like? Uh, meaning now you've been doing it for some time. How do you source deals? 
how do you evaluate founders and how do you uh, make up your mind on what companies to invest in and what not yeah so uh, sourcing actually happens because of in uh, in three big ways i would say uh, in fact two one is because a lot of early stage companies would reach out to one impression for their influencer marketing uh, i would say at least until last year i was very actively part of the sales process as well so i would talk to a lot of early stage companies there on and like if i would really like what the company and the founders were doing i would reach out to them and say hey have you raised capital uh, what's your plan and more often than not i think most founders are always raising capital so there would be a round that was either closing or getting started and i typically try and enter into the round and because of one impression value that most of these founders would already understand given that we like they reached out to us uh, as a platform i would typically try to sort of bring that lens of creator uh, value that we could add for them and get into the deal the other way a lot of deals actually have come to me is because uh, we've built a huge credibility as founders in the creator space so a lot of vcs and i would i think i know at least about 60 70% of most of the funds or somebody at uh, most of the key funds in india so mm-hmm. any time they are evaluating a deal where there is a creator angle they would reach out to us to evaluate the deal or look into the deal or help the founders and we would typically then you know just chat with the founders and if you would like it uh, tag along in the deal uh, the third way is because i also like uh, all of the angel checks are typically with a lot of other angels so we just share a lot of deals with each other whenever we're doing because i think most angels just don't like love to go as groups one it gets you better deals to the surety of the deal actually uh, becoming a success become significantly higher when like a lot of key people are invested in a deal so uh, i think these are the three uh, key ways for me to source deals i and why i think one of the key things i feel is like sourcing is half the battle in angel like angel investing or investing in general like if you can just get access to best deals uh, that are happening you can make like insane amounts of money and i feel like most investors aren't able to get access to deals at the right time and great deals never really fly around in the market uh, i think on the other question that you asked me from a thesis perspective as to what do we look for uh, there are three three you know three uh, key things that we look for one is obviously founder pedigree uh, and founder pedigree to me doesn't mean iit or iims etc etc what it just means is somebody who's had a uh, who's done something incredible in wherever they come from it could be a great job it could be a great uh, it could be a role within a company that they were pursuing or somebody who's just been failing consistently is also great like we don't mind in fact if you failed a lot and you're still at it uh the chances that we'll write a check for me is like considerably higher because i know that this person would have known a lot of things not to do so the chances he'll make it and he's still hustling is he or she is still hustling is great uh so i think founder pedigree and clarity of thought is is a uh, like must 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 and yeah. most uh, deals get segregated at just uh, founder quality and i think a lot of people keep asking what founder pedigree means like is it a uh, great uh, background but i just feel like when you chat for 15 minutes with somebody irrespective of not knowing the background at all uh you know when founders respond and the way they respond and the humility or clarity that comes through just tells you whether these are the people you want to invest in or not uh the second piece that really helps is industry understanding so there are spaces like creator economy saas deep tech d2c that i really understand give because of different reasons that i've interacted with the spaces 
but i wouldn't understand a fintech or a netech that well so in spaces like these even if the founder is great i if i'm writing a check it's typically a tag along with a friend who understands the space as opposed to me really trying to take a bet on the space uh, but the spaces i understand i'm pretty actively leading and getting my group of people together in it and the third i feel which is also really uh, important is how the round is structured uh, which means that you know i've seen most angels typically end up making money on most deals by just the virtue of fact that you enter early because if you enter early even if just a few deals who go right will make you enough to uh, you know to just cover for all the failures that you've done but if you if you're going at a high price the multiples aren't enough for you to cover for all typically your mistakes so i try to go between a 2 to 5 million ideally sometimes mm-hmm. between 5 to 10 million but a post 10 million is super rare uh, a 2 to 5 is a sweet spot which looks like the best uh i think the another thing that we do pass a lot of deals on is how the cap table is structured you've seen a lot of time everything looks great the founders look great industry looks great uh the round construct is great and then you talk to the founder on the cap table you would have real you'd realize that 45% of the equity is already gone and by the time mm-hmm. they're at 5 million so you can see there's no there's no out chance that the outcome of this company is a 200 500 million or a billion dollars largely because there will be no founder equity left by the time they're raising more capital so we do try to ensure that the cap tables are more founder favored yeah. early stage because that means you invested long term in it so i think these are just the couple of things that we keep in mind so founders if you are persistent and you have clarity of thought do reach out to apaksh he would love that but apaksh what are the traits uh, of a mediocre founder when you're evaluating somebody lots of them actually uh i think the easiest trait is uh, not a crisp answer like when you typically ask a simple question uh, and you get a complex answer i feel like that's uh, just the starting ground of a founder who doesn't know what he's doing like great founders uh, typically respond very short clear to the point and answers that just give you clarity of thought in not just typically the question but even maybe around it so you don't you have better follow on questions uh typically average founders will take you for a ride in a conversation mm-hmm. but they will not answer what you really asked in the first place uh the other i think the other uh the other trait that i've seen in average founders is just stumbling upon a lot uh in their ideas or in the way the same vision has like in a 30 minute conversation you'll see like their vision would have evolved three times or even 30 times sometimes so uh i think great founders irrespective of whether you like i think the one thing i've seen about great founders is no matter who you speak to in the community whoever has spoken to them their one or two traits whichever are outstanding about them whether it's product whether it's engineering whether it's uh the impact whether it's just their ability to raise capital something about them stands out consistently with everyone they have met everybody would agree to a common trait of a great founder and i think that's just uh, uh that just like you know you could see it through when you speak to a founder average founders will just be going around uh and not really answering what you're asking got it and apaksh for you uh, it was more of like you know you got pulled in uh by a friend to angel invest and then of course later on you have built a brand around creator economy uh, even vcs would reach out to you for your advice on the deals that they are looking at so net net you built a brand 
meaning you know you do have the ability to get into the deals that you want to get in uh, but at the same time let's say if you were starting up again uh, to get into start startup investing how would you advise somebody uh, to go about it how to kind of like again build a brand uh, and go through the entire journey that you've uh, been through so shiva i think you know this is one of the things i keep thinking about personally as well like what worked for me and what would have you know what can i do better to uh, accelerate my journey but i just keep feeling the one simple answer is building a brand is not a short term process <clears throat> technically speaking uh, it's been about 7 years since i've been in the startup ecosystem like when i met the first vc of my life it was maybe about 7 years ago guy called navin uh until 2 to 3 years it wasn't that i i knew a lot of people or a lot of vcs would introduce me to their networks or even investors would respond to me or right or it wasn't easy to get to anybody i'd maybe write a cold email or a cold linkedin but might not get a response at all but i think the thing that did work for me was my credibility from one impression so when one impression started to grow uh one guy introduced to another another introduced to another and then these all these old people all the people who had met in the first 3 years who weren't maybe you know where i didn't have the credibility back in the day started seeing the hustle and consistent persistent output of that hustle that was coming out they could see that this guy is not here for maybe a year or two years or a quick buck he's had to stay he's on it he's at it and he's also growing now and everybody uh, they would meet who might or might not know about me uh, would see that they would see that he's you know consistently speaking the same language since the five years of what he wanted to achieve with it so then they start introducing you to people they would not introduce you to otherwise saying hey this is a great guy i've known him for two years three years four years i think you should definitely meet and that credibility is obviously built over a course of time So I think that's one part of how brand is built, and for me, that brand acceleration happened in the last two years significantly because I sort of knew every founder in the country. Like it was easy to access anyone at all uh, who you wanted to, and it would typically be an introduction from another great person. So you know, it's it's just easy. Uh, but it it looks like it happened in two years, but it's actually a process of seven. Uh, yeah. And the other part, I think, which is uh, which is you know, in terms of angel investing, is I think. uh one getting the first good deals right first few good deals right i i think for my in my case that happened because i am an operator as an operator it was really easy when i spoke to a founder to see or maybe it seems easy to me i i, I keep saying this when i uh, talk to other angels that as an operator some things just come to you intuitively that this seems like a great person or a deal this doesn't this does you know the other deal it's just not working out for me somehow i can see that this is not the one and more often than not surprisingly we've been right on many deals like i've had at least about 8 deals that have gone over 30x which is i think which is enough to cover for at least 100 to 150 mistakes if not more uh and with significant checks so which means that i feel uh, the first few good deals set the ground for the other good founders to come to you because they could see that you identified good deals early and the vcs would also start to see that you're on cap tables very early that are actually growing so the community starts to notice uh and maybe the way somebody else could build that brand is really friendships i feel like people uh, don't value them uh, enough sometimes but i feel uh, relationships can get you far beyond uh, many other things can because like i can tell you i've got into great deals 
only because of relationships that I share with either their investor or with the founder or with somebody they're close to, as opposed to bringing just pure strategic value. Because in the market today, there are just too many people who are offering strategic great value all the time. So it's very difficult for a founder to really make a decision on whether you are the one who's going to change my uh, curve. And I think word of mouth just comes in really handy at this point in time. So yeah, my advice is just build great relationships with great people. If you don't know anyone, maybe events is a great place to start. When, you, when you're when you a familiar face on too many events in the early days, people start to notice and become friends. That's how at least that happened for me in the early days. Uh, reach out to a lot of people on LinkedIn. Even if some will respond and you meet some, that's a good start. And yeah, it's a time-taking process. And if you know, if you work in a company, you work with a, you report to a CEO or somebody who's an angel investor, uh, you know, it's a good place for you to start tagging along with them if you can request them. I've seen like lots of people within companies tagging with their founders in great deals. So I think that's another way people could do it. Love it. <clears throat> Play the long-term game, build the credibility, somehow get into the great deals early on. That will help you get into the other good deals and then just be a good person. Uh, Apaksh, would love for you to, you know, maybe talk about few of your biggest wins uh, and some misses where you had access to those companies, but for some reason you didn't end up investing, but they ended up doing really good later on. And what were the learnings from that? Yeah, so I'll talk about uh, the misses first. I think the biggest misses have been my dearest friend. So I think I've been really, I, I think I spoke to you about it once. I don't remember, but uh, I think my stupidest uh, losses have been two or three of my really, really close friends. One of them who actually he never really technically reached out to uh, me for an investment. He's like, he's an incredible founder. He's exited before, would have easily raised like over a night, a few million dollars. So my very close friend, Pavan, he's literally, I've seen him exit. Uh, he was also one of my first angels. Yeah, I've seen him restart like a new company, Fashionza. I've seen him build it into like a massive uh, multi-hundred million dollar giant. And I've yeah. been having coffee all throughout with him. And uh, <laughs> I didn't think so. I, I, I just should have, uh, I think I should have had this conversation of writing a check. But somehow over our coffees and conversations, this is one conversation I miss. So it's a huge miss for me that I personally keep thinking about. Uh, the other one is, again, a very, very dear friend of mine, uh, Shelly. She's built, uh, I, I mean, I like to think of it this way, that I've maybe played a very minor role in pushing her into the, startup ecosystem and she started a great company called global fair uh i have seen her start i've seen her talk to me in the very early days sit with me plan discuss uh to now will you know being one of uh, she's now invested in by lightspeed uh and i think even by uh, scott scheffler at tiger etc etc so she's raised capital from amazing people they have mm -hmm. huge revenues uh she reached like she we spoke about in like writing a check in the earliest of days like when she started and i think i was stupid enough again not to have written a check i think my thesis back then was more that uh let's not exchange money with friends but i've learned the opposite over a course of time that the best people to invest money are your friends so now if a friend is starting up i typically would just write a check got it and uh and and let's talk about some of your winners by the way the biggest learning is yes always be investing in friends yeah yeah no i i agree i think if 
if you uh, uh, you know over the course of your life if these are the few people you've uh, you know sort of filtered out to be your friends then i think uh, not just your time you could also you know invest your money i'm i can i've seen it time and again that these are the people who actually give you the best returns in life so i think that was a miss on the winners i think i've had a few uh one of the interesting winners is riggy uh riggy's i while i can't talk about how much but riggy's been a significant multiplier for me from uh when i started it's a creator economy company uh, i went in early with sequoia and axel and stellaris uh the last round that they had announced was uh, a series a at 10 million so they've grown significantly from there i went in at a at almost like a 5 million dollar valuation so it's it's been a good growth uh the other one that's been great for me is uh, a company called one code uh this one i remember because this was the first company i took a very strong stance for in my friend in my in amongst my friends saying that i'm very pro this company i think we should write a significant check this was a time they were raising at like below 10 crores 15 crores at that time and i wanted to put a significant check but i think outside of me most of my friends somehow didn't see the value so i also reduced my check size maybe influenced by everybody else but i still went in because of the uh, conviction that i had in the company and yeah i think they now they've raised like significant capital again uh, by some of the best investors in the world including i think general atlantic etc they've uh, done a huge i think somewhere between 13 to 15 million dollar series a uh, then again uh, another company that worked well for me was ilu ilu uh, this is a couple of friends who collectively reached out to the to the founders very early again the reason we did it in incredible founder pedigree uh, very senior role at flipkart ran a huge business uh, very good clarity of thought when he started was still a bit different than what they are today but i think they've done a great job raised uh, again very similar path to a one code uh, they've raised about 13 to 15 million at about 60 70 million so uh, they've done a great job so yeah i think uh, i've had a few such uh, interesting wins another one in the d2c space has been belora again went in in the first round they've grown significantly from there so bunch of uh, companies like this and so many so many learnings here apaksh if there's one thing uh, that you know now you wish you had known earlier what's something about investing wow that's a that's an interesting question uh i think the one thing i've learned now that i didn't know back then was that uh if you're actually doing it and i think it's a difficult one to really to really follow but i wish i could uh in the early days when i did feel conviction for a company and i think i had the capital to invest i would still not take that risk as an entrepreneur uh with a significant enough check for those returns to be significant enough for you over a course of time and you don't really find great deals every day so when you find a deal with a great conviction i think it's a uh, you should 100% take a significant check because as a as a as somebody who's taking risk in a startup anyway it's fine if you're taking just a little bit more rather than three companies you could be taking a bigger risk on one if if you invest in the way i have been which is in like 60 companies plus over two years so i would rather do 40 companies and just larger checks in 40 now so i think i in the early days in the first year my check sizes used to be much smaller 
and some of the places where i thought i would be right and i was actually right i would have had significantly higher returns had i just uh, taken those leaps of faith so uh, i think yeah so if people were starting up and they do feel they have the capital to invest and you find a deal who's where you have a huge conviction so i feel it's a good idea to like go with the significant check that significant could also mean 5 lakhs instead of 2 because when you multiply it by 30 or 40 that number really changes a lot yeah i can see that in your eyes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so with that uh apart we'll move into our final part my uh, co-pilot alfonso in the back i think you'll be able to see him now yes i see he's going to take over and he's asking if money and attention are not needed anymore you've got both of them what would you work on apaksh if money and attention are not required at all i think i keep saying this a lot i i actually uh, keep telling about i keep talking about this a lot to some of my close friends sometimes not even close friends but like the vc community i remember having a dinner with Uh, one of the founding partners of this uh, 600 million dollar fund and i was just telling them the day uh, if that day comes and if i were not to be running one impression and i've made my money in life i think there are three problems i'm really excited about solving uh, the first one is a more easier one which i talk about and i keep, it's it's pollution just i, I just feel that uh, the world could be a more nicer place to live in delhi could delhi could be pollution free but the whole world could be pollution free i just feel maybe no crazy entrepreneur really at it the second one i is a bit more wilder i feel like i people are solving aging but i'm really excited about solving aging as a problem i know there's a lot of research happening on the subject and uh, i i feel it's a problem i'm really excited about and the third one is a problem i feel i i get laughed at most of the time so it's uh, it's a bit uh, wild as a thought uh, i don't know if it's even possible but i'm really excited thinking about if we could solve for teleportation uh, so i think this is the order of things i would solve for uh, pollution and then aging and teleportation but like things that really have a huge impact on human life then say solving for a fintech problem uh, which might have an impact but it's just it's just not world changing in my opinion and a lot of people could do it So I would want to go for problems that a lot of people could not or might not be solving. Got it. And Apaksh, what's your relationship with money? Yeah, so it's a it's a great question. Uh, I I actually think about this a lot and how my life has changed. So it's interesting that when I started my career, even until I was twenty five, I was still mostly taking money from my family. so it was until 5 years ago i still like my dad was technically feeding me uh and this was maybe 3 4 years into you know into outside uh, after graduation and me still hustling and figuring out my way uh and i've seen life change post that since i started to grow uh i think money money is really really about like one uh, freedom of thought i think whenever there is a barrier in my thought i and i always keep thinking about it is it money that made me you know have a barrier it could be from try being with a friend meeting somebody like is it money that stops you from doing whatever you wanted to do in this uh, particular point you know point in time uh, so i think it's one really about freedom of thought uh 
Two, I think just quality of life. Like I don't really splurge money on things that don't increase quality of life in my opinion. But I would spend crazy amounts of money on a on a, on vacations or travel or just good food. Like I would spend every day on great food. I feel like uh, great food should be experienced, and I would spend on it. But I would maybe not spend on a crazy uh, electronics accessory because if I don't need it, I will not spend on it. Uh, so yeah, so money to me is one about freedom, one about being able to experience the best version of uh, planet Earth. So I try to do it for myself and for my family both, and uh, and all my people, close friends around me. And I think that's how. And money is also a great tool to also enable other people who could do the same for either themselves or people around them. So I also try to use money as a tool to sort of you know give them that tool and that power to feel more free and experience the world in a better way. Love it, <clears throat> love it, Apach. And uh, you know, of course. So we know you because of one impression, you know, operator, investor, <clears throat> and I've known you mostly because you know uh, we've been hanging out at Quorum. But what do your friends know you for? Who are you outside of work? What do you do on the weekends? Okay, uh, yeah. So this is uh, again. I think I my friends know me for very different traits than uh, my work. Actually, uh, work is. work is like a layer on which you do build these friendships because why you meet certain people and you connect with them and you become friends but i think over and outside of it i love to party i throw at least four to five parties in year uh, there is a customary christmas party that i host every year and i call all the people in the year who have contributed in my life close friends people from work wherever who have contributed to my uh, life every year and it's also a way to you know just get them all together and say hey i feel this is a great bunch of people i found in my life in this year so why don't you all just hang out and maybe meet new people so i i do that but i love to throw parties i i think i go out a lot uh on weekends i you would find me at a at a i think nice bar on a weekend i am also i'm also deeply into working out so i work out a lot i have uh, you know this i think but i have an insane workout and uh, i try not to miss my workout for anything anything at all even like an investor conversation it's a quick 35 minute workout but i think it's enough to keep me like it makes me feel really really incredible so i try not to miss my workout even if i'm traveling i train with my uh, trainer so i do recommend i've gotten a lot a lot of friends uh, into working out with my trainer or another trainer because i think it really works out and uh, Yeah, so and I'm a foodie. I love to I love to eat interesting. I'm always hungry, so you can always see me eating every two hours. So I I love to eat. I love to work out. I love to travel, but most importantly, I love to party a lot. I I think I'm a I'm known as a host uh, amongst most of my friends. We are yet to uh, get a workout session together. In uh, I think we should do that soon. And when's the next party, by the way? Oh, you will get the invite very soon. It's actually, it's actually being planned. <laughs> All right, I'll 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 push out the uh, episode accordingly. If I get an invite, then only it goes out. <laughs> uh, you'll get the invite. I I need this episode to go out. <laughs> no, Apaksh, uh, thanks a lot for doing it, man. I had so much fun.